Now, yesterday I started the show saying January 15 was a big day for three reasons. The start of Wikipedia and an important family birthday and family wedding anniversary also occurred on January 15. Now, I jokingly said after that that I hoped there wasn't going to be an argument in the family group chat about which of those family milestones I mentioned first. But there was an argument in the family group chat because it turns out I also forgot it was two of the family dog's birthdays. There was talk of boycotting the podcast. So happy birthday for yesterday, Luna and Pablo. Happy, happy birthday. Today, though, it's Tuesday the 16th of January. The Emmys are on today at 2pm New Zealand time. We're talking about them later, so let's get cracking. Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Imogen and this is what's worth talking about. We have the latest on the Gora's Garamin shoplifting allegations and a political commentator gives us his take on the damage this could cause the Green Party. ChatGPT's CEO says AI is going to take a massive leap this year, so what does that look like? Who's tipped to win big at the Emmys and our very interesting poll result on whether or not you take advice from TikTok. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. The Green Party is facing a start to the new year they didn't want as they deal with the fallout from the allegations of shoplifting against one of their MPs, Golrez Garaman. The alleged theft involved an Auckland boutique, Scotties, and happened just before Christmas, and the MP has stood aside from her portfolios that include justice. We now know she is back in the country after a long-planned overseas break, but information is still scant. But for the party, the speculation over the last week could well prove damaging to its reputation. To talk to us more about this, we're now joined by political commentator Shane Tepo. Kia ora. Kia ora. So what do you make of how this has been handled? Should Gores have fronted, even if she is overseas, should the co-leaders have done more than just released a statement? You know... Politicians are human beings. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned for Gorez's well-being. Mm-hmm. She has a physical illness that uh, is well reported. I hope that she has got the level of support in total that she needs. It's going to be a torrid time for her over mm-hmm. the next 48 hours, and I hope that that support is there. The reality is it seems that Green leadership knew about this on the 23rd. They thought perhaps that it could have been handled uh, directly with the with Scotties. Then we had the second allegation come out now. The reality was that this was never going to be handled quietly. This was always going to become public and it ought to have been front-footed. I think we're all entitled to a bit of a break, a bit of a holiday, but, you know, you have to look at this through a political prism. Gorash should have come back to New Zealand earlier and she should have confronted this issue. Either she'll deny the allegation or she'll say that there's another story to it or perhaps she'll even say that, yes, she did this. Those are the three scenarios. I think as a supporter of the Greens, I have the right to know and I'm and I'm fairly sure that the wider public has the right to know what the story is. Because whatever side of the political spectrum you fall on, these are serious allegations that do need to be front-footed. They, they are serious allegations that have been around since the 23rd. I heard a whisper about two or three days before they came out and I just found them fanciful and unbelievable. Mm. And it is my hope that there is no substance to this allegation. I think Gloria is an important 
member of parliament. She's an important member of the Greens caucus. Uh, but the reality is when you leave a void, it's filled and it's often filled from speculation and untruths and we just need to get to the bottom of this. You mentioned hearing whispers about this quite early on. Let's talk about where the story came from in the first place. I believe the allegations were first published on a right-wing blog before they made it into the more mainstream media. Does that shape the way that this story has then unfolded or does it not really matter where this came from in the first place? Look, it doesn't matter. Uh, media is media, whether it's right or left. Who knows? You know, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm called a right-winger, sometimes I'm called a left-winger. Some of the facts have been borne out. There have been allegations. Uh, there is, by the looks of it, a second scenario. So this only came out because the Greens' leadership let it come out in a void. And, you know, people join the dots. Mm. I think it's just poorly managed. Does this uh, silence tactic, I suppose, or the brick wall tactic, has that played a role in the discourse we're starting to see around this, some people taking glee in the whole situation? Yeah, I don't like that. And, you know, I'd like to have another quarter or about how a woman of colour, Māori Pacifica women, are treated by the media and in terms of this discord, because I think there's some issues that we need to have a quarter as, as, as a society uh, about that. But, you know, when you leave a void, it will be filled. And I think that this could have been front-footed very early on the piece by the Greens. Will this be damaging to them? If the allegations are proving correct, I think people will say, why didn't you move at a greater pace? But, you know, this story will be taken over in a week or two by something else. And I think the Greens will be able to move forward, but they need to deal with this. And the first rule of politics is fronted. Political commentator Shane Tepo, thank you so much for your corridor just now. Kia ora. Remember, if you do want to get in touch, you can always flick us an email. Is there something you think we should cover? Have you got feedback or comment you'd like to add? Have you got a dog's birthday? I should know about and announce publicly. Send it all in. We're at newsable at stuff.co.nz. Arguably, AI, and in particular, ChatGPT, will be regarded as one of the standout features of 2023. But what's in store for 2024? Sam Altman, the head of OpenAI, the company that created ChatGPT, has spoken about a great leap forward in 2024, possibly advances in reasoning. So will this make any difference to our day-to-day lives? To help us navigate what might be ahead, we're joined by Madeline Newman, the Executive Director of New Zealand's AI Forum. Kia ora, Madeline. Thanks for being here. Kia ora, Imogen. Lovely to join you. So what do you think Sam Altman meant when he was talking about this great leap forward with AI? I believe he was referring to the potential of merging image generators like DALI and Midjourney with chatbots like ChatGPT to create um, sort of instant images and videos capable of making things like chatbots more useful with more human-like reactions. Are you talking about reasoning there? Reasoning as well. There's a few things that we're looking at in the way of moving forward this year. I guess from a generative AI perspective, we're really only just getting started. And this year, we're expecting advances like multimodality, so that's speech in, speech out, audio, video. So you've already seen some of those early capabilities out there. And improvements in reasoning and reliability are also coming along as well. So getting the, the most right answer Every time, and those those are Sam Altman's words, not mine. He says that something along the lines of uh, the models are currently the dumbest they will ever be, so they'll only ever get smarter, which is, which is great. Other things like customizability and personalization. So 
understanding your style, making assumptions about you and being able to use your own data. Should people be expecting to see AI play a bigger part in business and everyday life? It's becoming much more accessible and much more affordable. So at the moment, you use the same sort of tool set to launch a space rocket where a microlight might be um, as good. What that means is that you don't always need to use the largest, hugest language model or generative AI capability to solve the answer that you're after. And what that means is that you can build smaller, more adaptive models uh, that are relevant to giving the outcome that you want. Um, And that makes it much more accessible. So people shouldn't be worried. There are always bad actors, and it's how we respond that matters. Internationally, there are moves for a more joined-up approach to some of the big questions that have global implications. So there there are societal-level changes that are um, potentially coming along with this stuff. But locally, it's also important to have consistent near regulation uh, that's easy to understand and, and doesn't stifle innovation. And we also are able to, as a nation, uh, take advantage of the, these new tool sets that are coming out. 2024 is certainly going to be very interesting indeed. Madeline Newman, the Executive Director of New Zealand's AI Forum, thank you so much. No problem. We've still got Emmy's chat, succession props going to auction chat and the result from our poll on TikTok advice still to come. What a lineup that is. And to make sure you never miss future brilliant lineups, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it means you'll get every new episode straight to your phone. It's Emmy's Day, quite possibly the biggest day in the television calendar, which is always exciting. Don't tell me you're not also there Googling when you suddenly remember it's on to see if your favourite show of the year won an award. I know you are. Don't fib. We've already had the Golden Globes. Those were on January 8th, where Succession was the biggest winner in the tally category. So will we see another repeat this afternoon? Well, here, as always, with his expert knowledge, is James Crute, Stuff's film and television reviewer. Great to have you back, James. Thank you, Imogen. Thank you. First of all, will we be having another Succession Fest, or are some other shows going to get a look in today? Who are your picks for winning Best Comedy Series and Best Drama Series? Yeah, look, I think Succession probably will take the day. I think unlike the Golden Globes, the Emmys tend to like rewarding a show in its final season, giving it the send-off it deserves. And and generally, Succession has been universally loved, particularly by the industry itself. So I think it has a, a very strong chance. I think mm, looking at the rest of it, oh, maybe The Last of Us, there's a little bit of support for Andor. But if you look at going down the list, unless they decide another round of the White Lotus winning. I mean, there are people who would argue what's it doing in the best drama category mm. anyway. Isn't it more Definitely of a comedy? a comedy in my books. I don't know. It's one of those <laughs> strange decisions. One of those strange decisions. Um, on the comedy series side, well, of course, we have to remember that this has been delayed by four months thanks to the writers' strike and particularly the actors' strike. Um, so we're talking about the Bear Season 1, not the Bear Season 2. I was at the Golden Globes last week. So you've got the final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that could Ooh. factor, the final season of Ted Lasso that could be a factor, Wednesday could be a factor. Aberdeen Elementary certainly has huge support in the US and the fact that it's actually on a network over there so more people mm. see it. But, yeah, look, it's going to be interesting. And what about actors and actresses? Because don't get me wrong, I loved Succession and Sarah Snook was phenomenal as Shiv. However, you look at that nomination lineup and the talent, I tell you, we've got Melanie Linsky, who's in there for Yellow Jackets, Kerry Russell for The Diplomat, and Sharon Horgan for Bad Sisters. That's stiff competition. Yeah, look, and you haven't even mentioned Bella Ramsey, who, of course, was 
the outstanding star of The Last of Us. Yeah. And Elizabeth Moss, who knew? I mean, Handmaid's mm. Tale, the last series of that was so long ago. That I mean, that would seem an unlikely kind of thing. Mm. It feels like Sarah Snook's year. Mm. I mean, she she is a phenomenal actress. Um, and it just I, I just feel that it probably is her year this year. Never discount Kerry Russell, though. Mm. Um, on the men's side, look, Brian Cox again has to be the sort of sentimental favourite. But I see Kieran Culkin, you know, he's been winning award after award for his mm-hmm. performance in Succession. And, of course, Jeremy Strong. Remembering that this is, you know, actors deciding actors. And so seeing as it's been delayed for four months, does that mean the winners and those envelopes that contain their names have just been sealed and <laughs> kept under, I don't I hope, security for four months? I get the feeling that that probably hasn't been months. Be- I can't remember how the voting works, but they'd only just announced the nominations when the strike hit. So I'm not sure, sure whether at that point everything stopped and the voting, mm. you know, before the finalist is announced, uh, whether that had taken place or not. James Croach, Stuff's Film and Tele Reviewer, thank you so much, as always. No worries. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Now, speaking of succession, a bunch of props from the hit TV series have just been sold at auction, and I'm not exaggerating when I say I'm upset. I didn't know about this ahead of time because I would have loved to at least pretend that any measly bid I could afford might have got me one of them. But here are the highlights. You could literally buy anything and everything. I'm talking Greg's wallet and its contents, like fake cards and IDs. You could buy the bar cart set that was in Logan Roy's office. You could buy Kendall Roy's diplomas and awards and his Waystar Royco ID badge as well. For the true diehard fans, the ludicrously capacious bag, uh, if you, you might remember, a Burberry tote bag that Tom took a dislike to at Logan Roy's birthday party, that sold for 30000 New Zealand dollars. Roman Roy's notes for his funeral speech sold for $40,000 and the dog costume that Greg wore in the very first episode sold for $12,500 New Zealand dollars as well. You have to go check this out. Heritage Auctions in the US, they still have all the items there even though they've all sold. You can look at what you could have possibly owned yourself. The items are insane. And just quickly before we go, groundbreaking result on our poll about whether or not you take advice from TikTok. I wanted to know this, of course, after we talked about the DIY dental advice uh, TikToks that are doing the rounds. We put this on the Stuff Instagram page and then we also put a poll up on the Stuff website to make sure we got the real pulse of the nation here. We're looking safe, everyone. I'm pleased to announce that on the website, 91% of you said you wouldn't be taking advice from TikTok and 70% of you said the same thing on the Instagram. So I'm pleased that the chances of any of us doing DIY dental work are very slim. On that note, that is Newsable. For today, I'm Imogen Wells. Have a great one. Was this episode of Newsable usable? 
then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz slash support. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. No, that, I what, think Chris? That it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing a fair there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.